Welcome to the Community Church Podcast, your place to belong. Thanks for taking the time to tune into this week's message. I hope that it blesses and encourages you. get to celebrate Mother's Day today and we get to honor mothers. I love Mother's Day and not just for like chocolate that I get to steal from my mom but because I am such a supporter and dedicated cheerleader to mothers everywhere. I think that you guys are rock stars and superheroes and every everything in between and so I am so privileged and so honored when Craig asked me to come and speak today and um, I'll be honest a, a little a little scary because I'm, I'm not a mom. I'm not a mom, but I, I love so many moms and motherly figures in my li- life. And so there's been so many female role models and spiritual uh, mothers and mentors that have invested in me, and I'm so thankful for them. And I'm so thankful for all the mothers here at Community Church that I've got an opportunity to meet and connect with and um, the best that I can partner with and encourage. And so um, I, I see all of their hearts and I see um, the love they have for their, for their families and their children. And so it's such an honor to be able to, um, to honor you today, mothers, and to be able to, uh, to share with you. Right, and so uh, yeah, it is is an awesome, awesome day. We are going to be looking at um, Exodus two, and we're going to be looking at the mother of Moses, and looking at you know the the mother and the influence that influenced such an incredible man in the Bible. And we can learn so much from the moms in the Bible, right? You ever read something and you're like, that's just so relatable to like my everyday life. And so maybe you're a mom here today and you relate with some of these biblical moms. Maybe you're like Samson, and you, you know what it feels like to see your kid make a bad hair decision. Yeah? Any bad haircuts? Anyone? You're like, just cut your hair already. And so Samson's mom knew all about that. Or uh, maybe you're like Jacob and Esau's mom, who knew what it was like to see their kids fighting. Yeah? Or Cain and Abel, who knew what it was like, you know, to, to want your kids to kill each other, right? Like, they, they, they just, like, always, how, how many moms feel like their kids are, like, almost there, like, just at that stage, right? And so uh, there's so many real-life uh, moments that we see in the Bible of, of motherhood. And there's some, there's some funny ones like that, but, you know, we also see um, some actually, re- like, heartaches of motherhood. We see some mothers going through the, the pain that comes along with that. And so maybe you relate with Sarah, and she waited for that child, and she waited patiently. Or maybe you're related with, with, with Mary and so many other women that we read in the Bible who's, who have lost a child. And so Mother's Day is, a, is an awesome day, and, it's, and it's, it's fun, and we get to honor moms. But we do recognize today that there's people here that maybe they relate with those moms. And today may be a hard day for you. Either you've lost a child or you are waiting for a child or, or if the relationships with, with your own mother aren't, aren't where you want them to be, we understand that today can be hard, and we, we stand with you. And we say that we are, we are with you, we support you, we love you. And although we, we may not understand the full extent of what you feel today, we want to say we want to we be with you. And so allow us to, to be with you today uh, in this really hard time. But we want to honor moms today, and I, and I really hope that through today we'll be able to, to do that. 
because all of us here, we're a result of a mother. We're all the result of something, like of, of some mother. It could be good, it could be bad, it could be your biological mother, or it could be someone who's invested in your life, a spiritual mom or a mentor, but we, we all have influences in our lives. We all have something to learn about motherhood. And so as we look at Exodus 2, we're going to look at some lessons about motherhood, motherhood for both moms and those of us in here that aren't moms. So let's, before we get into that, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you reveal your word to us. God, we thank you that you have a word specific for people in this place today. God, I pray that as I um, have the honor and the privilege to share today, that you would use me and use my voice and, and uh, my words in order to speak to people today. And I pray that you would be softening hearts, God, and that you would be um, clearing minds in order to um, grasp what you are wanting to say today. So, God, we thank you for, um, God, what you're already doing in this place, God. We thank you for the moments that we got to just worship and, and say you are so worthy, God. And we just pray that we would just forever have that heart of worship in our lives. We thank you. We love you. Amen. So, yeah, we're going to look at Exodus 2. So if you want to turn your Bibles, you can do that. If you want to pull up your app. And we're looking at the, the, the lessons about motherhood that we can learn from Moses' mother. And the first thing that we actually can learn is the heart of a mother. We see the heart of a mother through this. And uh, this is actually a, a special Mother's Day for me because just last week I got to see my sister become a mother to two new little babies. So she is now a new mother of three. Yes, three under two. So pray for her today. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. They're crazy. It must be. And so they brought two beautiful babies into the world, a little girl, Eden, and a little boy, Ezra. And I already love them so, so much. And so they're, we're going to go do Mother's Day in the NICU today because they are still got some, um, a, a couple things they got to make sure before they can go home. But um, when, they, when they first arrived last Sunday, actually, they, uh, they were having some trouble breathing and uh, being twins. There's some complications like that. And so they had them on the respirators. They had them on the IV and all the monitors. And, you know, it, it, it looks scary, right? When you walk in, you see these little, little babies with all these machines on them. And so the nurses, they would tell my sister and her husband all the time, they're like, okay, like, this is common. Like, don't freak out. This is, like, this is normal and common, but... It's not going to feel common for you. It's not going to feel common. It's not going to feel normal because it's your babies that are all hooked up. It's your babies that have, have all that. And so they just warn them that, like, you know what, this is common. Because they know that the heart of a mother is to worry for their children. They knew that the heart of the mother was to want to protect them and have them have no pain and, and love them so deeply and and that's, that's what happened when my sister, she has these, these babies, and her heart just grew for them. And so seeing them hooked up to all these things, her, her motherly heart just, something just didn't sit right with it. That's the heart of a mother, to love and to protect. And we actually see this same heart in Moses' mom. As we read through, and uh, starting in, in verse uh, 2, we, we actually, well, before that, we, we kind of know the, the context of this. That Moses' mom, when, she, when she's giving birth, the context of what is going on is they're living in Egypt as Israelites, as slaves. 
and the uh, Egyptians and the uh, like Pharaoh there, he was not very easy on the Israelites. He actually wanted to um, like press them down and make sure that they weren't going to grow too big and too powerful to overthrow his power. And so he had this plan, and he had this way that he was going to make sure that they weren't going to over, overpower them. And so their plan was to take all of the baby boys and throw them in the Nile into the river. And this was their plan to make sure that they weren't going to overpower them. And so imagine being this mother giving birth and they didn't have ultrasounds at that time so you don't get to know you don't they don't have a gender reveal party this was surprise surprise right you get what you get and so like imagine her heart when she 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 has this baby and she sees it's a boy imagine her fear imagine her heart breaking as she just wants to protect it and so we read starting in in verse two so she has this baby and when she saw that he was a fine child, she hid him for three months. Three months, that's a long time to hide a baby, right? They cry. I've, so I've heard. They cry. <laughs> and, and so this was difficult. But when she could hide him no longer, she got, papyrus ba she, she got a papyrus basket for him and coated it with tar and pitch. Then she placed the child in it and put it among the reeds along the bank of the Nile. And so she has this baby, and all of a sudden, the heart of a mother just erupts inside of her. Right? This, this motherly instincts kick in, and she sees this, this baby, and she's like, it's a fine child. The heart of a mother is to see the beauty in your kids. And maybe you've had that moment with your own child. You look at it, and you're like, it's just so beautiful, so precious. And then full mama bear mode kicks in, right? And she goes, I have got to protect this baby. There's no way that anybody is getting through me to touch this child. And heart of the mother to protect fiercely kicks in. And so she, she hides him within her house, right? And when she can't, can't um, protect him there any longer, even though her desire is to have her child with her, she makes the selfless decision, the probably really, really difficult decision to say, you know what, I'm going I'm to do what I think is best for this child. And she makes this basket, she puts it in the water, and she sees her baby float down the Nile. If you're a mom, like, I can't imagine doing that, and I'm not a mother. And so a mother's in their place. It's probably like, doing that was probably the biggest and hardest decision in her life. But it was the heart of a mother to make the hard choices to protect her child, to do what had to be done, to, to, to shelter him and, and do everything that she could. What I think is so great about motherhood is that, mother, you're, you're, it's, you're not... Uh, a mother just because you can bear a child, but, but you're a mother because you have the heart of a mother to love deeply and protect fiercely and to give everything that you have for your child, and that is a heart of a mother. I think that it's, that it's actually um, so interesting, and we don't talk about it a lot, but there's actually there's a verse in, in, in Luke that actually talks about Jesus explains himself and God as this mother hen. 
and, and I don't have it up there, but it's, it's the voice of this, this, this mother hen that wants to put its wing around its children and, and protect them and care. And I think it's so incredible that God has this heart of a mother, and he's actually placed it inside of women and mothers to protect their children. God has this heart of a mother. And I think that we can actually all strive, and we, we can actually get this from our mom. We can see it, and I think that we can actually strive to love people the way that moms love their children. Because we all have that little part inside of us. We all have that need for that heart. We all need somebody who's going to love us like a mother is going to love us. And so some of us are really fortunate. You know, we have mothers that do that, and they do that well with their whole heart. But you know, even when you have that, like e even when you have an amazing mother, you know, the power of other people coming and loving you like a mother, like there's nothing like that. And so I imagine a world where everyone had that heart of a mother. And everyone loved deeply and, and, and protected and gave everything they had to bring um, joy to other people. Imagine, imagine what their world would look like. And so maybe you're here today, if you, if you are a mother, you know, we honor you and we thank you that you have that heart. And everyone, everyone else, you know what, I pray and I hope that we can have that same heart. That we can actually, if we get anything from our mama, I hope we get her heart to love people. A heart to love people, even, even when they're not our own, every single person. Because we all need that in our life. The second thing we can see from, from this passage here in the life of Moses' mom is that um, the, the legacy of a mother, the legacy that a mom can leave on her child. We had a guest speaker come just a couple months ago, and she is passionate and loves talking about legacy, and it shows because when she talks about it, um, she just lights up. We have a couple moms that were here and parents that um, got to hear this, and she said something that it was like, it got me thinking, and she was saying, your children are your legacy. What you invest into your children is, is your legacy. It's going to live on past, past you. Right, the lessons and the characteristics and the heart that you place into your children is going to live on. It's what you're going to be known for. And so I started thinking about it, and um, I was like, you know, what's my, what's my mom's legacy in me? What am I carrying on that my mom has actually handed down to me? What have I got from my mama? And, what, and I was starting to think about it, and there's some really obvious things, like, you know, I look like my mom, and I sound like my mom, and, you know, I cry like my mom at pretty much everything. That's where I get it. You can blame her. It's her fault. But there were so many lessons as I looked that she actually was planting in me, and she was investing in me that, you know what, um, I actually get to be her legacy in those things. So I was thinking about, like, you know what, she, she taught me how to, how to live independently, and some really practical skills. Some of you are, are hoping that your kids learn that, praying that eventually they, get, they figure it out. And she taught me how to believe in myself and be confident. And she taught me how to love life and big things and little things. She taught me how to put other people first and to be quick to forgive and don't let anything come in the way of family. These are the things that, you know, she valued and she had in her life that she actually is able to put into me. And as I live it out, it's her legacy. See, I am who I am because my mom was who she was. Her legacy lives on.
We actually see the same thing with Moses. He was who he was because his mom was who she was. And so you see, um, the, the story carries on, and we can get through, through the passages, but it's uh, after she put him in the river, after she, she selflessly wanted to protect her in that way, him in that way, she actually got an opportunity to, to, to nurse him. When, when Pharaoh's daughter got him out, got him out of the river, she was the, like, she was the woman that they chose to come in and take care of him until he reached, I think, the age of five, and then he went and lived with, with Pharaoh's daughter. But so she, her, so Moses' mother, biological mother, raised him for the good, the good five years of his life, and it shows in his character, and it shows in the legacy that he actually left. You see, in, in Hebrews 11, it has a big list. We kind of know it as this faith hall of fame. People were known for their faith and, like, spiritual champions. We read through the Bible. And when it comes to, in, in, in verse 24, it mentions that by faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. So by faith, Moses. And it goes on, and in verse 27, it says, by faith, he left Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He persevered because he saw him who was invisible. So Moses was known for his faith, his characteristic, his core personality. Like he had faith and he was known for it. But I think it's so interesting is that just one verse before this, before it's by faith, Moses, it's actually by faith, Moses' parents. By faith, Moses' parents hid him for three months after he was born because they saw he was no ordinary child, and they were not afraid of the king's edict. And so by faith, his parents stepped out and was believing in God and protected the ones that they loved. And so because they actually, they, they did that and they modeled that for Moses, it was, became something that he lived out. And so the faith of Moses became the legacy of his parents. So much that they are mentioned in this faith hall of fame. So be encouraged that what you are leaving in your children, what you are investing, it's going to stick. And it's going to be what they're known for, but it's going to be your legacy, what, you are, what you're teaching. Because your, your, your kids are learning from you. And I, uh, one, one of my favorite things in school to learn about is um, we, we did some cl classes on you know, childhood development. And kind of like how kids are learning and, and who is actually influencing them at different stages in their life. And what's actually like study after study and study shows that, you know, parents are the primary influence of their kids. And right, that, that's why God set it up like this so we can be in families. And the kids, they actually, they learn from seeing Right? They, they learn from, from the way that their parents live life. And so there's things, you have your, your, your nature, right, that you pass on. But you also have the nurture side of it, right, of, of the way that you're living is going to reflect in your kids. Right? There's the things that you want them to learn, right? The things that you're going to set them down and teach them, right? And, and teaching them how to, you know, here's how we read, or here's, here's how we make our bed, here's how we unload the dishwasher, right? And here's how you clean up after yourself. Here's how you clean up after yourself. 
Here's how you clean up after yourself over and over again, right? Those things we want to teach. But then there's the things that we actually don't say that kids pick up on, right? It's that the un, unsaid things. And because kids in, in my classes, they, they said this expression that kids are like little mirrors. They're like little mirrors that whatever in front of them, they're going to reflect. When you place something in front of them, they're going to they're gonna reflect that and, and model it. And, and um, that's what they're going to be like. And this can be really scary sometimes or a little bit embarrassing, right? How many of you have said something or done something and your kids said it at the wrong time in the wrong place? Yeah, right? Because they're little mirrors and they're going to do everything you say or do, even if it's something you don't want them to say or do. Anyone has got road rage and you're like, just don't say that, right? Don't, don't do that, right? There's, there's some embarrassing things or some bad things that come from them being little mirrors, but there's actually some really beneficial things. What's actually so cool about that is, is that everything you teach them, it doesn't have to be a, okay, let's sit down, let's talk about this. But the way that you live your life and the way that we, we hold ourselves and we, we model things, they're going to pick up on that. Right? And so if you want to see something, your kid, and you, you, you're going through life and you're saying, I want my kid to be uh, someone of great faith and I want them to be treating people um, like amazing and I want them to love people. What's awesome is that there's, it's not like a list of like, sermon series or it's not a list of lectures to do that. It's actually you know, when you model that in your life and when you're growing in that in your own life, they're going to see that. And I think, that's, I think that's just, like, such a beautiful way of, of looking at it. One of the lessons that my mom has taught me, and I don't think that she actually knows that she taught me this, because it wasn't something that she specifically said or has intentionally taught it te- like meant to teach me, but it was just in the way that she, she lived. And it was actually one moment specifically that it really just clicked for me, and, that's, um, and it's actually been something that, you know, I've been able to live out in my life, but... I remember back in high school, we uh, were in some, some petty argument. I don't remember what it was, but we were going back and forth, and it didn't seem like any, it was going anywhere. I don't know, maybe you have an angsty teen, and they always think they're right. That was me. And right, we're going back and forth, and just in a huff, I just I, I leave, and I just go to my room, and I just leave it at that. My room, and I'm like, oh, like, I don't feel great. Like, I don't know how to mend things back. How do I go and say, I'm sorry, like that's, that's embarrassing, or how do I recover from this? But I'm sitting in my room, and a couple minutes later, my mom comes in, she just knocks, she walks in just very peacefully, and she had brought me in my favorite mug, some tea, a cookie, and a little note that says, I love you. And in that little gesture, and that little gift, she brings it in, and what I was so worried about is, like, of mending that, like, the, after that fight or mending that relationship, she, she reached out the olive branch. She took the first step. She took the first step towards forgiveness and reconciliation. And I learned from that because it really hit me. And I was like, the fact that my mom could be the bigger person in that moment. I was like, I want to I be that for somebody else. I want to be the one that's quick to forgive and quick to mend relationships, and don't let anything get in the way of family. And that's not something that my mom has, like, said specifically to me, but I've seen it in her actions over and over again. Because myself, we're, we're all little mirrors. We're all reflecting what's in front of us. And so, mothers, you, you are intentionally investing in the, ch- in the lives of your children. 
But there's actually, there's more than just moms in this place. That, that even as we look around, we are, we, are, we are reflecting the things that are around us. So maybe you're not a mom, but you, you can be a spiritual mother to somebody. You can be a mentor. You can be a role model to the people around you. And you invest into the lives of the people around us in the next generation just by the way that we live. Just the way, by the way that we act. So mothers, thank you for what you invest in your kids. Thank you for taking the time and doing that and being such a great role model for them. Now, the last thing that we actually read about in, in Exodus 2 is the partners of a mother. The partners of a mother. And we always hear the expression, right, it takes a village. It takes a, it takes a village to raise a child. And that's not just because, you know, we physically don't have enough arms as moms, right? I, I just picture if you have, yeah, more, you have more than two kids, you're outnumbered. You need, you need a village, right? You guys, you guys know here. Yeah. And so it takes a village, and this is actually something that's, like, proven and studied. There was a study by George Barna, and um, he's, he's a, um, I don't know what you would call him, but he's done a lot of studies on this. Um, and looking at the difference between students age 18 to 21, both inside the church and outside the church. So there was looking at characteristics of, like, what's, what makes students stay in their faith and stay rooted and, and, and not walk away from the church. What, what influences help that? And they actually found that the majority of the students, age 18 to 21, that were still in the church at that age, had five or more adult mentors or, or role models that were speaking the same message consistently into their lives. The same, those, those people in there had five or more people that were speaking messages into their life, that were investing into them, that were loving them with the heart of a mother, even though they weren't their own. And that is what kept them in the church. That's what kept them so strong in their faith. Because there's power in partnering with, with mothers. There's power in investing in people's lives. And so, yeah, as a, as a mother, we honor you, but the best way that we can actually honor mothers is to partner with them and say, you're not alone. I, I share your heart. I see that. I, I respect that. You know what? I want to be more like that. And so let me help you as you invest in your children. Let me help you as you leave a legacy in your child. And we can all do that. No matter who you are, if you, male or female, we can actually be partners with mothers. So who are you going to invest in? Who can you be one of those five or more people for? It could be, you know, sitting around your table. There's, it could be another couple. Like, how can you invest in, in their child? Because you share the same heart. You share the, you share the same desire to invest and pour into their kids. And so rather than do this alone, let's band together and, and do this. Let's, like, there's this next generation we just need to, to pour into. And so we actually see in Moses' life that it wasn't just the influences of his mother that poured into him, right? His, his sister was there, and she was, she's standing in the reeds over here, and she's watching and waiting and protecting and making sure that, that he's okay there, right? His sister stood at a distance to see what would happen to him. And then it says, then Pharaoh's daughter went down to the Nile to bathe, and her attendants were walking along the riverbank. 
And so she saw the basket among the reeds and sent her female slave to get it. She opened it and saw the baby, and he was crying. And her, her motherly heart erupted. He was crying, and she felt sorry for him. This is one of the Hebrew babies, she said. Then his sister asked Pharaoh's daughter, shall I go and get one of the Hebrew women to nurse the baby for you? Yes, go, she answered. So the girl went and got the baby's mother. Pharaoh's daughter said to her, take this baby and nurse him for me, and I will pay you. So the woman took the baby and nursed him. When the child grew older, she took him to Pharaoh's daughter, and, and he became her son. She named him Moses, saying, I drew him out of the water. And so, yes, Moses' mother was a key influence in his life. The first five years, she took care of him and he nurtured him. And he actually, he, he found his identity with, with his mother and with the Israelites so much that he came back and, and he was a, a, like a savior for those people. And he, and he helped them out of Egypt. But there was other influences. Pharaoh's daughter, her heart broke for this child, this child that wasn't her own. And, and she took him in and protected him when his own mother couldn't. There's, there's people around us that can partner and invest into the lives of the kids. I think that it's, you know, it's such an honor for me to be able to be somebody who can partner with moms. With my role here, like one of my, one of my core beliefs and one of my, my prayers is that I be able to partner with moms and with parents in order to invest in their child's life. Because I know there's only so much that I, I can do. But my heart is to be able to, you know, honor moms and dads and, and everyone that's investing in these kids' lives. And be able to partner and encourage and equip and, and support the best that I can. Because I share your heart. I, I hope that my heart breaks and I pray that I would be able to have the heart of a mother for, for your kids. And as I do that, and as I, as I want to serve and protect and love your kids, I want to partner with you in that. So moms, we, we honor you today because you, you do all of that without asking for anything in return. You do all of that in such a selfless way. And in such a way that with, with grace and humility and with, with like, just... With honor, you, you do that. And so today we want to honor you. And so I think I got some, yeah, we got some time here. And so if you're a mom in this place, we want to say, you know, we honor you. So we want to say a, a prayer of blessing. So if you don't mind, would you just stand? So we, want, we want to reach our hand. We want to just want to pray for you. So if you're a mother in this place, yeah, if you're a mom, just stay, stand up in this all around. And we want to speak a blessing over you. Because you do so much, and so much of it goes unseen. But today we want to recognize that. And I know for you it probably feels weird to be you know, a center of attention. You're always trying to put it on somebody else. But today we want to publicly honor you and thank you. Because you get that heart to love and protect. And so thank you. Let's, if you are around a mom, can you just reach out a hand? And we're just going to pray a blessing over them. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you have given these women the joy and the privilege and the honor, God, of, of raising your kids, God, and raising the kids that you love so deeply. 
God, we thank you that you have put into them, God, the ability to love deeply and protect fiercely and to, to care for so many, like, other than just their own kids, God. You have placed that inside them. And so we speak a blessing over them. We pray that you would give them strength and courage and wisdom and guidance in every single area of their life. God, we pray for blessing in all relationships that they have. God, we pray for blessing over everything that they touch. God, we pray for unity in their homes and for joy and, to, and laughter in everything they do. God, we just, we thank you that you have blessed us with mothers like these today. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Yeah, let's give our moms a round of applause. And... Just before we finish, you know what? Our moms do so much, but I think the best way we can actually honor them is to partner with them. And so if you are willing to be a partner with a mom today and you say, you know what, I want to share that heart and I want to invest in kids, I want to partner with moms. If you're, if you're not here, can we, can we stand? I want to pray a prayer of blessing over everyone who's willing to, to partner and support our moms. So if you're, if you're not a mom in this place, that can be you can, and male, female, you know what, we can be actually like mentors, spiritual mentors and supporters. And so once you stand, we're going to pray a blessing that we would be able to partner with our, these mothers and help them and, and invest in them. Thank you. So Jesus, we thank you, God, that you have placed us in such a unique opportunity, God, and such a unique position in order to support the mothers that have invested so much in us. So, God, I pray that as we see mothers and the way that they love and we see their heart, I pray that you would be able to place that inside of us, too. And as we learn from them, God, we would be able to, to love other people with that same heart. God, as we, as we begin to invest in, in, in other people, God, I pray that you would be stirring our hearts to the, the, the people that we can be that five or more for that we can actually speak into their lives and we can, we can in, invest where you want us to invest. God, I pray that we would be strong and powerful partners for the moms all across this place, that at Community Church, we would be just that, a community and a family that bands together, God, for the next generation and, and anyone who walks into these doors. God, we thank you. We love you. Thanks for listening in to this week's message. Be sure to follow us on all social media to stay updated with everything Community Church. Also check us out at